you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Today's guest on ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski is my dear friend Ian Gomez. Ian and I both performed at Chicago's Improv Olympic in Second City. Ian has been in more television shows than anyone else I know. I mean, here's a short list. The Drew Carey Show, Felicity, Supergirl, and Cougar Town. He was also in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, written by his wife, the wonderful Nia Vardalis. We discussed the peace that comes from seeing others as your equals, what it's like to be fired, and the success that comes from being a chameleon. Ian is honest, sharp, warm, and very funny. It was a blast to talk on such a level with such a dear friend. Enjoy. I was looking, this is such a queer thing to say, but I was looking over uh, your IMDB. A couple things. First off, I fucking am so excited that you're here. I'm really, really well, excited that well, you're here. Well, me too. It's been, uh, it doesn't it's been forever. It's I mean, been forever. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at your, you haven't fucking stopped working. I, I try, God, yeah. You just haven't fucking stopped working. I know. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm very happy about that. You know, um, a long time ago, when I was, before I started acting, I worked in a restaurant in New York City, and it was a bunch of actors and singers and dancers uh, as the wait staff and bar staff, and uh, as a lot of these people are, they were into their astrology, mm-hmm. you know, so they were having their uh, their charts read or something like that, and it was like, you know, 60 bucks or something at the time, and I, I said, oh, I'll get mine done. And there was a. It comes back. It's pages and pages. And I, I, the only thing I remember from it was saying that you will be uh, a successful actor. You won't be the best actor, nor will you be like a Shakespearean actor. But you'll work pretty consistently. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. That's that would be wonderful. Uh, and that's I don't know if it's a. You know, self-fulfilling prophecy or, or what it is, but um, I, you know, I have this confidence, and probably the only thing I'm confident about is that I will probably work until I don't want to work anymore. That's awesome. Where does that confidence come from? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think I'm pre- like that great. I see other actors go, yeah, I can't do that, or that's really, yeah, I can't get that deep or whatever. Um, I. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not like. Yeah, I'm gonna work. I'm not cocky about it. I just have this. Like I know, you know. I just know that I will. I will work. It may not be one job right after the other. There. There have been a couple of. You know. Uh, like a year long break or a few months break or something like that. But something always comes up, and uh, so I'm. Is it I'm for me? For me, I, I look at it. I think. One of the things. That, that has always hit me is the idea of, you show me something and I think, I can do that, I can do that. No, oh, yeah. You know, you can show this to me. I, 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 I'm, I can do that. I probably, I will do it differently than other people do it, but I will do that. And so when something comes your way, you most likely think that I can do that because if the first thought is I can't do that or that's going to be a struggle, mm-hmm. then you have to get through that in right. order for you to do whatever it is that you're going to yes. do. What will happen is sometimes, I mean, uh, like, you know, most actors, you audition and then you get a job. Every once in a while, I'll get, uh, you know, they'll call me up and say, oh, they would like you to be in this this uh, episode of this show. Okay, great. But I didn't audition, so I don't know exactly what it is they want. 
So I look at it and I go, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> uh, I'll try something, but like I, you know, maybe it's it's maybe one of the reasons why I got into this is like I like to please people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they want, so I don't know how to please them. So then I get a lot of anxiety thinking they I um, well, I'm going to try something. I don't know if they're going to like it. Um, and that's going to be difficult. So I'd rather audition for things right. th- and not get it than than to get it and then do poorly at it because well, it's not what they want. But when you go in there and you say, I, I didn't audition and I, I feel that this is what they want, are you, do they usually work from that or do they go, we don't like that? No, I've, I've been fired a couple of times uh-huh. where it's like, like um, yeah, that's not right. And But thank you. Um, we're fired in different. the middle Fired, in fired, the, yeah. Uh, fired. Like after a table read or uh, oh. after like a first day of rehearsal or something like that. How does it feel? Um, doesn't feel great, right? You know, uh, at all. But do you know at that moment that you could be fired? No, I, I, it's something I've never been surprised. Right. I've always gone, yeah, that didn't go well, or uh, <laughs> right. I'm not getting this at all. But you can feel it. I can feel it. Like Absolutely. at the moment that's happening, Absolutely. you can feel it. You can yeah. fucking feel yeah. it. Going, this is then not. I get that phone call and right. it's just like, yep, yep. Right. Yep, yep. So it doesn't feel good, but it's not a surprise. Right. It's never a surprise. It's n- I've never had the thing, luckily, knock wood, that I've been like, I just rock that. Right. Ring, ring. What? Not. I, I, and then I freaked out completely. Right. right. Um, that's never happened. Uh, but, you know, but yeah, I've been fired. And then, you know, you, you get over it. You get, you, over you get over it. You get over it. You can't you hold on it. to it. No. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, if you do hold on to it and you bring it into your next whatever it is you're doing, you're fucking yourself over. Yeah. Because it always goes back to this. What you're doing in that moment is all that fucking matters. In that moment, that's all that matters. And if you bring in whatever it is that's going on in your life, or if you bring in whatever is it's happening in the, the last time that you did this gig or the last time you worked right. in this studio, this one particular place where you were doing MASH, because I know you did MASH, <laughs> um, and now it's like, oh, now you're doing, you know, who dropped the soap? Uh, like, oh, this is bad juju. But the whole fucking bad juju thing, too, where you go, no, no, I can't bring that shit in. No. Nah. And that's the biggest... That's the biggest thing right there is to say, this moment is all that fucking matters right yeah. now. Right now. I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. I don't bring in a lot of garbage from from, from the past or, you know, uh, anything like that. I, I try to be, you know, as present as possible in the moment. Right. Um, I got to tell you, when it, whenever, it comes, <laughs> whenever we're talking about being present in the moment, I was thinking about the one scene that we did, My Fair Lady. Uh-huh. And I probably brought this up to you. Well, At Second City, in ETC, we would go, and we were in ETC, it was you, it was you, Allman. Yeah. Uh, Col- Col- Colbert? Colbert? Yeah. Maybe you, Allman, Colbert, uh, and me, there was just four guys? Or was yes. there more? No, and we were or just... Jimmy? With Jimmy there? No, 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 no okay. Jimmy. So it was all four of us, and we were we we wanted to watch Terminator Two, and it turns out we didn't have it. All that we had was My Fair Lady. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. we would go off on that. We would just uh-huh. we would go off the script. Mm-hmm. And I remember you at one moment just went fuck it, and you went backstage. You got the scripts, and you handed all of us the script, <laughs> and going, "This is the script. <laughs> this is the script." And we all went, "Okay, we're here," in front of a fucking audience, and it was fucking genius. It was so fucking genius. Is like like being in that moment and also being able to like like turn on a fucking dime like to turn on a dime. <laughs> All the training that we got there, I think, has helped me in so at Second City has it, helped me in so many. Fucking it really ways. has. I mean, you know, I, I found uh, you know looking back on on those times, I don't think I all the stuff I learned there kind of uh, was 
waiting to to hatch later on. Right. It was an incubation period, and I I didn't really um, use it until much later on. And there was like I always regret that you didn't use what much so much. Later. I didn't. You know. Well, first of all, I I I did use my my knowledge of improv mm-hmm. there, um, but I didn't have anything really to say. I didn't, you know, it's like when it's time to write scenes or come up with ideas, I was just, I didn't, I didn't have much to say. So I didn't have uh, the scenes I were I was in, I was in other people's scenes. Right. You know, it wasn't like, I want to do a scene on this, and this is my point of view. I didn't have a point of view, you know, and, and uh, I, I kind of do wish that when I was there, that, that all happened for me. Um... Where like there were scenes I wanted to do, I think I w- would have en- enjoyed my time there more. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but it's one of those things like you know, the m- moment you get in, it's like I'm looking for a way out. Um, Does it isn't it paralleling what we talked about earlier here? That idea of you, what the fortune teller told you, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that you're going to do this kind of work in that way, and it 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 kind of matches that a little way. bit, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think about, I mean, there's a picture there of us doing that yes. satellite scene, right? And um, uh, and in that way, because I think the moment that you would enter a scene, like it's like if Ian's in the scene, we got it. There, some of us, I feel like, are journeymen. You know, some of us are uh, like Colbert was not a journeyman. You know, he is a journeyman, but he wasn't. He wasn't the utility infielder. Right. You know, he wasn't yeah. like uh, you're a Mets fan. You're a Mets yeah, Yankee yeah. Mets fan. Yeah. Who's Mets. the utility infielder that you grew oh, up? Believe with? me, I know. I have no idea. Okay, for me, it was you know, uh, it was Larry Boa. Those yeah. kind of guys, okay. you know, yeah. Larry Boa. Uh, and you look at those guys and you go, utility infield, the fucking person that you want to have over there. And when I think about the cast that we had at Second City and the people that we worked with at Second City, the casting fucking rocked because it was it yeah. was a team. It was a band being put together. And there's certain... Each had their parts, you know, their with their roles in, in that cast and their strong points, you know. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess what... I always felt like I could get into maybe it's you know reason why I got into comedy or whatever, whatever situation I could kind of fit in somehow. Right, being a bit of a chameleon, so um, I wasn't like I didn't have like this was my strong thing. I wasn't the singer guy or the uh, you know the the high status man. Right, or, you know I think I could whatever needed to be done. I could kind of get in there and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Colbert was the high status man. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, and Amy Sedaris was the high status woman mm-hmm. in a way. You know, like you could not. I don't remember her being vulnerable. Right. I just don't remember her being vulnerable. I don't remember Jackie Hoffman being vulnerable. Right. You know, um, I do know that Carell was fucking vulnerable, you know, to watch his work. And I remember Pasquese, when Dave Pasquese was. He was. He had some changes going on in his life. I'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that. He suddenly went from high, playing high status all the time, to playing you know lower status characters that really worked well in a dynamic. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. It's amazing what happens when you give up drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was talking to Rose uh, Abdu, and we we're talking about you, and I, I said to her that, I would love to see you do like dramatic things and what she said was she would love to do a two-person scene with you where you 
play siblings. Mm-hmm. You and Rose in a two-person scene playing siblings. And I thought, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. I always felt uh, that we have a... Rose and I have a... Uh, unique relationship where like I, I love her and I love her like a sister and um, uh, and I think she's incredibly funny but I, I give her so much shit and she bugs me so much <laughs> and I bug her like right. like we fight like like brothers and sisters right. you know right. just you know I just make fun of her she makes fun of me shut up Ian you know and she just you know <laughs> and it's like I, I never say anything behind her back or anything like that yeah. I just tell her right in her face right. You know, right. I make fun of her because she has a matching disease where she has to match this with that. And oh, this, not just with or, that. And or she like, has to match the day with her outfit. Right. Or like, like the, right, if she's going to a Thanksgiving party, <laughs> she has to wear something with a turkey or a pilgrim on it. And she, the second she walks through the door, it's like, I have I have the charms and it's got a, the Mayflower on it. And and so, like, you know. Uh, I, the the way that the 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 group that we have the, the 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 friends that we have yes I look at those people and I fucking can't believe it like I look at it and I think I cannot believe that there's a support that we have that other people didn't have when they came out here yeah um, the fact that when I came out here you were the first person that I had uh, that I that I met with and that if you don't if you don't find your people I think you're fucked. Yeah, I think you really start out fucked. In in yes, absolutely. That we you know the fact that there was the uh, the upfront you know it was a in place Santa where Monica. that we could go and, and improvise and socialize and uh, and the, the great thing about that is like you know in Second City are all these different generations you know and you're with this group kind of go and you're going through the thing when you got out there it was kind of like they're all there at the same time and you're all kind of basically. Equal. Right. What so, happens is you become equal. Yes. And you weren't equal before. No, you were not equal before. No. No. There was a hierarchy and, you know. But isn't that true also? It's like high school and, yeah. But, but when you get on it, it's interesting because the sets, the, the, the shows that I've been on, the, the, the shows that I've been on, the people that I love most treat me as equal. Mm-hmm. And that's the set that I love being on, is that. Yes. So when you come, to, when you come here from being uh, in Chicago, uh, where you're working so much and you come here and you're doing a set with George Went, or you're doing, you know, like that right. moment yeah, where you yeah, go, yeah. George Went, how does he know my name? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at that moment. Right. So that feeling of being equal, I, it, it gives me confidence. Yeah. And it also makes me... You don't feel me, alone because... Yeah, when when we, when we came out here, that we had like you know all these people that we knew, all basically in the same boat, um, and so you 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 didn't have to go find friends, you didn't have to you know uh, make new friendships or, or or do this. You already had this this group. We were lucky that way, um, where we had the support system, and we all. I mean, most of us came out at the same time almost. I I came out in ninety five. Yeah, I was ninety four. Yeah, like that. yeah. So it was like. You know, and there were a couple of people here, a few people before me, but then, you know, it was already established. And so you didn't have to worry about that. You could come in and everyone could bitch and moan about, you know, not finding work and not getting an agent and not getting a job or, you know, having the, you know, not being able to figure out the Thomas guide. And, <laughs> you, know, and, and you know, you know, welcome to LA, you know, and that was like a big thing, you know, just like, 
it made no sense. Um, but it was that was nice, and because I know you know a lot of people when they first came out here, they were alone. You know, well, and, certainly people that didn't come from Chicago yeah. were alone, and they and, and how do they meet people? Like, how the fuck do you meet people? How how do you how do you meet people? Right. How do you fucking meet people? I guess it's like in a class or something like that. And you got to right. take a class. We take the wrong class and all of a sudden you're a Scientologist. I mean, I don't know. Right? Yeah. It just... I, that, that connection that we all had, uh, the connection that we all had back then also helped me deal with professional jealousy. And because after a while, I'm looking at all the friends that we have and the work that everybody's getting. I'm like, I like that person. I'm glad they fucking got that mm-hmm. job. Yeah. And that job isn't my job. Right. The jobs that you get aren't my job. They're not my... You didn't take anything from no, me. No, no. And um, I I had a horrible manager, but the one good thing he said uh, to me is like, you're when you go into an audition or something like that, you're, you're one piece of this puzzle again. And if you fit into what their puzzle is, then that's unique to you. All you can do is your best job, and then it's up to somebody else. So as long as you do your best job and somebody else gets it, it's not like, I had that, and then they took it from me. No, that's not it. But there were a lot. I found a lot of people who still had that mentality. They were miserable people. The mentality that says what? You took my job? You took my job. Or, right. You know, or, and there were some Second City people who were like, I was senior, sen- seniority. I had more seniority than you did. At Second City. At Second City. Right. I was there before you. I, you know, and so now we're in LA and I, you know, that person felt that they should be getting all the work first and then whatever, then I would, you still. know. Still. Still. Right. Uh, well, yeah, but that's the equal thing that we're talking right, about. Right, yeah. And so that, you know, that kind of messed him up, I think. Um, Thinking that, you know, someone who was younger, but not really that much younger, was just a few generations behind him, was, you know, doing better, quote unquote, than, than he was, and that he felt he should be getting that. When you, so when you say, when you say um, uh, you're doing the best job, that you, you do the best job that you can. When you said you go in there as yeah. long as you do the best job that you can. What does that mean to you, well, the you know, best job that you can? You're, you're prepared. You... Uh, both knowing the uh, the script or the sides or uh, the material that you're doing uh, that you don't um, mess get into your own head you don't let other people get into your own head when you, so when you say get into your own head what does like that... like sitting I've had many auditions where I'm sitting there and I'm saying words I'm not listening to myself but I'm having this conversation like oh there's a bird outside Look at that. Oh, this really... Wait, I'm not listening to what I'm doing. Oh, this kind of sucks. Oh. Or, or, I'm not getting this right. Uh, I'm not like, getting this right. Or, they don't like me. Or, this person's looking at their phone. Or, something like that. And then, I, like, I lose focus. Right. And then... So, like, you can maintain focus. And you don't let anyone in the waiting room play their fucking mind games with you. I mean, that was uh, that doesn't happen much anymore. But it, it was something that definitely happened. Oh where, yeah. You know, people would. But that's a young man's game. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody's going in going, "I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to psychologically no. fuck no, you no, up." No, but no, it was no. their mishigas of them sitting there going, "So you know, you, did you, uh, how how often do you get here? How often how often are you called?" It's like, "No, I'm not playing your fucking dumbass right. reindeer games. I'm not going to play those games. Of what, what agent do you have? I'm not here." Right. Right. Yeah. Who? Ta- um, so, Carrie Clifford, uh, Carrie's husband Paul knows 
Vince Vaughn. Okay. And Vince really loves Carrie. Really, really loves Carrie. And wanted to do a kind of Carol Burnett show type thing with Carrie. So we met with Vince Vaughn and we had, he gave me notes about uh, improvising, which I thought was cute. And uh, <laughs> so he said, he said, when I have somebody come over for an audition, when I have somebody come, it's not like come over, like uh, I live in the hills, come over for an audition. When I have somebody come over for an audition, I'm not auditioning you to be my buddy at, a, at my barbecue. You fucking come in, you do your job, focus on what it is that you're doing, and then leave. Yeah. And the leave part is really big. For me, the leave also means after I audition for him or whatever it's going to be, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave my doubt in I'm gonna I'm not gonna oh, yeah. I'm not gonna go, oh I could have done that or I should have done that. And so when I ask what does that mean that you did your best yeah. job, you always you always do your best job. You, I mean, yes. You, because you, you it's what tried, you do. Yes. But isn't what, it what you yeah. do? I mean, for me, I feel like I went in there, I did the, I did, the job that I did was the best job that I did because that's what I did. Okay. But what you're talking about is preparing for it and all that. Yes. That stuff being, as well. being prepared, uh, mentally prepared, physically prepared, do all that stuff. And then, you know, not, you know, not not leaves regretting that you didn't do it this way, right, or something like that. You know, sometimes you get notes. You know, actually listen to the notes instead of going, "Oh my God, I got no, I'm getting notes. I didn't do it right the first time." <laughs> right, and then you go, "Okay, got it," and you don't even know what they said. You know, I mean, because you're not really still, listening. You're not really listening. So it's a, you know, so I mean, that still does happen to me. Right. You know, um, I don't beat myself up about it. You know, I just I. I acknowledge it and I go, oh, okay, I see what happened. All right. Well, I didn't get that one. Right. On to the next. Right. You know, right. hopefully there'll be something coming around. And it's soon. that regret. And that's it, because the fucking regret thing is so, it's such a waste of time. It really is. It really, really, it really like is. so much about regret is such a waste of time. Mm. And again, going, the idea of you weren't airdropped into your life. Like mm. the decisions that you made were made again they were predicated on something that happened that you brought that you yeah you know it's not like i'm going suddenly i'm going to go i'm going to stab you in the neck like what the fuck? <laughs> dave, dave stabbed me in the neck it's like no you know like th something will lead up to me stabbing you in the neck yeah yeah and i need my neck right. um it it is that feeling of how much time are you going to spend beating the fuck up beating yourself the fuck up yeah a lot of people can't uh, let go of that, and that that kind of ruins them. Um, uh, luckily, I I don't know what it is about me, but I've I've uh, I, I you know I beat myself up a little bit. Everyone does a little bit. But I don't dwell on it. I don't dwell on it. No, no, no. I don't see you as being somebody that would no. dwell on it. It, it I'm does. Pretty easygoing, where I just kind of let things, you know, slip off. And when you, it's. A big thing for me is, I really, I love this phrase, do you want to die on that hill? Yeah. <laughs> do you really want to die on that hill? <laughs> I love that phrase. Do you want to die on that hill? Because I'm going, I'm fighting you about, I'm, okay, if I think about what's the, what's, the, what's the most minor thing, the last minor thing that I really gotten, and I, there's probably been a bunch of them, but the one that really stands in my mind is, I'm at pavilions and I put my, you know, I bring my bags in to be, you know, and so he's going through all the, you know, there's somebody in front of me and, you know, we're bagging and I'm kind of just checking stuff out. And uh, he says, uh, where's your bag? I'm like, I, uh, I had a bag. 
I had a bag. He goes, I don't see it. I'm like, where's my... I had a bag. There was a bag. I had a bag. He's like, well, I'm going to charge you for a bag. He's like, no, don't charge me for a bag. You know, you see me here all the time, and I made a fucking deal out of it. And later I'm going, it's a fucking bag. It's a bag. I got 900 in my car. I just want, I cannot wait for my car to like be stolen and burned. And so I don't have to fucking deal with those bags. Uh, so, but it's those things where I'm thinking, do I want to die on that? I know, hill? but sometimes the injustice of it just is like, I've been wronged. Right. And I just want everyone to know that I've been wrong. And, and until that time, I can't let it go. And I think a, a major part of that is that my upsetness about that had nothing to do with the fucking bag. It had to do with nothing. <laughs> did not have to do with the bag. It had to do with probably something that happened prior to that or something that I was mentally digesting, saying, mm. oh, here's another example of, um, fuck you. Fuck you. And the guy went, you know, I'll give you a bag. And I'm like, oh, every time I see him now, I just want to go, I'm so sorry for being such an asshole. Because you're going to see that person all the right. time. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm, I know. You're definitely, and, and, uh, uh, and especially out here, you don't know who the fuck you're fucking over. <laughs> or if you, I can't, you don't want to say anything to anybody. Because no. you don't know who anybody is. No, you don't. That's very true, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, people remind me of that, uh, that fact every once in a while in this town. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a physical guy. Uh, I don't, I don't think you are either. No, um, I'm not a fighting guy. But I've taken like martial arts. I've taken Krav Maga. I've taken this and that and the other thing. And I always figure, you know, if something were to happen, maybe I could do. Uh, protect myself and you know my daughter my family and whatever if I need to be and then I look around and in the classes and I go these are average looking Joes but this guy who's this average looking person is like the highest ranking blah 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 in this field and and if I saw him on the street I, I wouldn't know so like, sometimes I'll, I'll get a little mouthy. Not mouthy, but, like, you know, I'll honk at somebody. You know, a little bit of road rage. I don't know who I'm honking at. No. You don't know. No. You don't know what people have in their cards. You don't know what they do for a living. They look at you, and it's like, that's a person you're about to audition for. Or, you know, anything, It, you know, it's, you know, just a, just a lot of deep breathing. Counting your breaths. <laughs> just count your breaths. If you can count ten breaths... And just be focused on that, then you're you're. And it, it's it's a matter of saying the moment that that thing that triggers you yes. happens, you don't have to react to the triggering. You yeah. can react to being triggered. I'm sorry, is that what I want to say? You don't have to react the way that you've reacted before when you've been triggered, as long as you recognize the fact that you've just been triggered. Yes. Because the moment that you've been triggered, you get to go. Okay, historically, I would <laughs> fucking lash out. Um, but in the situation. I'm going to do that 10 breaths or whatever that fuck yeah. that, that is. And I, I think that, do you remember when Dell was talking about like giving somebody slack? Do you remember like, wasn't there Bob, mm. Bob Dodd or something like that? Where anyway, there was a slack, like giving somebody slack, looking at somebody. I used to be the guy that would go, okay, if I know you're Jewish, I'm mm -hmm. going to give you slack right away. Okay. I'm going to give you insto slack. You have a bag of slack, and I'm going to give you that bag of slack. <laughs> Until I, uh, when I first came out here, and I witnessed a car accident at uh, on the west side, and this woman in a uh, in a, a black Mercedes hit this guy 
in uh, just a, a white Honda or something like that. And I witnessed it. And, and I had a business card and I walked up to the guy and I was like, she hit you and I witnessed it and I can't stick around, but here's my card, call me. And then the woman calls me over and says, look, I know you're a launchman. Why do you want to w- go with that guy? He's Asian. You know, if we stick with each other. Oh we stick my, with our people. Wow. I'm going, oh, fuck the fuck you. And at that moment, it's like, nobody gets slack. Everybody's equal. Again, we're going back to equal. Yeah. The idea of equal. And when you're, when you, we're jumping all over the place. I'm jumping all over. <laughs> when you are auditioning with somebody, you're equal as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're in that fucking room, it's the it's the equalizer. Yes. And the provenance doesn't matter. And if you want to be psyched because you know you're auditioning with Ben Franklin, Benjamin, Benjamin Ben Franklin, Franklin. <laughs> Ben Franklin, you know Ben, you're auditioning with Benjamin Franklin. It's like that's fucking Benjamin Franklin. He invented the postal service. And it's like, oh, I have no chance of getting this job. Um, that is immediate. Where you go on? Oh, I'm not making you. I'm putting you above me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're playing all these games in your head that no one else is privy to, and you're all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. Basically. At that moment, instead of being present to where it is that you are yeah. in that moment, you're shooting yourself in the I, foot. I have an actual uh, uh, an audition story. I'm sure um, it's 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 horrible. Um, would you would you would that be okay? Yeah. Okay. A uh, long time ago, I was uh, uh, I got a phone call that I'm going to have a meeting. I'm not going to audition. But I'm going to have a meeting with the director and the, and the casting director. And I was like, this, I've never had one of these. I've heard about them. This is fantastic. I'm in a place in my career where I'm going to have a meeting. So I go to this place. It's like on Lancashire or something like that. And uh, Nia drops me off. We had one car at the time. Um, drops me off. I go upstairs. And I'm in the waiting room and all these actors are with their sides and, you know, they're talking to themselves and they're doing their parts. And I'm just, yeah, I pick up a magazine. I don't need to memorize anything. I got a meeting. Oh, no. All right. So I go in and uh, I'm meeting and it's a uh, uh, male director, female casting director, sit down and the, the casting director and I are talking just, you know, about, you know, whatever it was I was doing or the weather or something like that. And the, the, the director's just kind of staring at me, looking at me, I guess judging me and seeing if I'd be right for this part. So then we're done talking and she goes, okay, so let's, uh, let's read. And I go, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought this was, I was told it was just, I mean, I, you, know, well, you know, I, I could do, I could do a cold reading um, or I could, I could go out and wait. She goes, well, yeah, we got to bring in these other people. Uh, it'll be about an hour if you go out. And I go, you know, I'm an improviser. I'll just, I've read it. I'll just do it and I'll read it and it'll be fine. So I, I do the scene and I forgot what the, what the, what the, <laughs> what the scene was about or what the movie about or anything was about. So I'm reading it, and I'm looking up. I'm trying to make eye contact and read at the same time and doing all the stuff. And um, I fumfered some words, you know. So, like, um, say, like, uh, the glass is, uh, the line is, the glass is empty. I, I have to go to the kitchen. I go, um, so the, the, the uh, glass is empty. I, I got to go in the kitchen. So we, uh, that happens a few more times. And, uh, but I, overall, I feel okay. And we're done with the scene. 
And uh, she goes, that was wonderful. And the director goes, and I go, yeah, I know. I was like, making fun of myself. And then I realize the director has a horrible stutter. No, 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 Like a debilitating, the man, this is the first thing he said the entire meeting. And I just... When he started talking, I cut him off went, thinking I was making fun of myself, but that's not how it came across. So then the casting director, the guy's staring at me, daggers, the casting director's talking. All of a sudden, I get that, that's all I hear in my head, and I feel like I lose focus. My eyes are open, but I can't really see anything, and the sweat just starts to pour down. I feel it all over my body. It's like a, a niacin rush, <laughs> like hot, cold, and I'm, I've, I've got like tunnel vision now. And it's like Charlie Brown's teacher, all I hear, <laughs> I I don't know what I say, I go, thank you very much. <laughs> and I bolt out the door, run downstairs, knees in the car, I jump and go, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> And what'd you do with that thought? What'd you do with that? What you like? What do you you just kind of like you go? That happened. That happened, and and I you know, I you know I, I didn't know if I was going to get you know they were going to call my agent and and did they call your agent? No, I don't. I don't think so. I just didn't get the job, and that's all that happened. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> the consequences of that is I didn't get to work with that guy, nor did I ever get to go back to that casting director. But there are oh a God. lot of casting oh people and directors. It's, it really in this is town. interesting where you go, where you 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 have no fucking, you have no <sighs> idea what anybody's going through. Oh God, it was. And you it think was that you're oh, horrible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just all the yeah. thoughts like, oh, I made this guy feel bad. I just embarrassed myself. Uh, I did a bad job. The camera's probably still on. All this other stuff is is going on. But you know what? I mean, it's a good story. Right. But that's it. it, it that's and to it. be fair, and then it he just... should have told you. He should have told you that. Or, he or said something. He should have said that. Like, yeah, he should, it wasn't your fault. It was his fault. It was his, it was his fault. I'm just throwing that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> if you have for making me feel this oh, way. Exactly. If you, if you have something debilitating like that, you've got to warn people. Right. You if you have like a, a you know, Tourette's tick or something like that, right. you got to, you know... Oh yeah! If you're in a business situation, professional situation, maybe that's something you let be known. Maybe you have a sign. Maybe you have a sign or a shirt, a t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. or something to go. Well, by the way, maybe not a t-shirt because you know a lot of people like to wear ironic, goofy t-shirts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like maybe just a pamphlet. Or, or at the beginning of the meeting, the casting director should have said this to you. By the way, yes, Bruce has a, a fucking debilitating stutter. And don't make fun of him later. Right. You're going to be tempted to do that, but don't make fun of him later. Those are the things that, like the idea of saying that is, makes a great fucking story. That, for me, if you were given the opportunity, (laughs) stupid question, if you were given the opportunity to do that again, Uh would you do it again? Would you make the same? Probably. Knowing, Knowing that he had a stutter? No, not knowing. Not knowing, yeah. oh, I would have done the exact same thing. Exactly. I would do the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because my first instinct was to, 
instead of having him give me a note that I fucked up to, you know, cut him off at the path, go, I know I fucked up. Right, right. And that, just in that way, that makes you, that, that brings you, that makes you human. Yeah, that makes you fucking. Well, I also I'm taking the power away from from this guy of making saying something bad about me by me saying it first. Right. So you don't get to say that I said it, right. and I'm okay with that, that preemptive thing. Yeah, that preemptive thing. Oh fuck, man. Oh boy. You know what? Like right now is such. I'm just going back to you know there was a female casting director, a male director. Just the idea of what the the universe we live in right now, with all of with the sexual harassment thing and oh, things going yeah. on like that. Like, it is a fucking crazy time to be, not just in our industry, but just life in general. Yeah. You know, it's it's good and it's bad, because just the way that Hollywood and, and business works in this male-dominated society is that, you know, these peop- these men are given uh, this power, and then um, the, it's okay to be eccentric. Then it's okay to be rude, and then it's okay to make people feel bad and to belittle people, and you're entitled to do this because you have this job, and we have to keep you happy so you can do your job and and make all this magic happen in Hollywood or whatever business it is. So then people start believing I'm okay to do this. I'm untouchable, and because I am who I am. I can grab someone's ass or I can go, wow, your tits look great in that shirt. Or uh, why don't you wear something where your tits look great in the shirt? You know, or something like that. Right. And you feel okay about that. That's because people have allowed you, have given you the permission to do that. There's also like you've come into it seeking that somewhere. I, you know, uh, you, well, there's a, you, you're brought in with that sense of Yes, right. You have that entitlement. But it, it's nurtured. And it's, you know, I, I can see how like some celebrities, you know, we have to keep this actor happy. Um, so let me go get you some water. So you don't have to go get it because I don't want you disappearing. Oh, someone just got me water. Um, that turns into, I'm a little hungry. Someone gets you food. Um, I don't like this food you brought. You know, and then it starts to escalate and you start to feel, I should be taken care of because I am this person. Entitlement, and it can you can either come in with a level of it, but it also is 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 it grows and in, also in this environment. It's be it's growing <coughs> because the people underneath are satisfying that person. Yes, exactly. Because they feel beholden to that person, that 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 person, right? That entitled person, right? They feel like oh he's asking for it, or this is my job. I'm a PA or and I'm an, an AD or whatever the fuck it's going to be. And without him or even you know whatever it doesn't matter. But all those people are. And I get it. What are you going to say to Harvey Weinstein? Like, right. you know, what are you going to say? But somebody has to be the one to go, no. And those are the fucking heroes. Well, that's that's happened. And now, you know, the status quo is, 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 is changed. You can't, you can't be that asshole anymore. No. I'm sure you can be a different kind of asshole. But you can't be the one who, you know... You know, is is uh, abusing women, or, right? Or uh, you know, you know, if, if if you do any sort of like television show and on, on a major uh, soundstage, the legal department comes in and you have a you have a mandatory um, seminar about sexual harassment, and just you or you no, no, the whole that? cast and crew, everyone involved in the production, every new show, every new show, uh huh. 
Because even if you've been through it before, even if you've been through it a uh-huh. hundred times, because it probably changes. It it changes. It evolves. Yes, but also they're protecting their ass because when someone sues for sexual harassment, they sue the studio. They sue. They don't sue the individual. They sue the the big umbrella the of yeah the production company or whatever. So they're protecting their ass. So like even with all this knowledge, people are just like, oh fuck that. I'm gonna do what I want. Right. You know, and everything like that. And it's just not it's never been okay, but now it's really not okay. It's not gonna be allowed. No. And so yeah. what's also happening is people are recognizing, oh, this is what sexual harassment looks like. Yes. What's happening right now, I didn't think that that was happening. Right. I, I feel like... But then, I mean, well, stuff, much of the stuff that's been going on is not, is, goes beyond sexual harassment. It's, 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 uh, it's these rape. women are being, it's right. Right. They're being raped. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, which... It, right. It's not sexual harassment. It's molested. Yes. It's molestation. molestation. And, and I'm sure these men were thinking, I just, you know, it's, it's not that. Right. Of course they're thinking that. That's what um, I think, like, coming from Second City, where it was such a matriarchy, mm. it was such a fucking matriarchy, and the idea that women were in charge almost at every fucking level right. that, that we were working. I mean, certainly, yes. um, when I was in uh, when I was in ETC, I mean, when I was in Second City Northwest, when we were in Second City Northwest, it was Cheryl Sloan that was in charge of that. Right. And looking at it going, that's, she's not a, she's a woman, but I don't look at her in that way. Do you know what I mean? No. Like she's the boss. She's the boss. Right. She's the boss, and 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 then you know ultimately going to to going to you know moving to, to one of the resident companies downtown. You know, uh, uh, Joyce was the boss. I mean, yeah. Joyce was always the boss. But it's like that matriarchy made me look at things in it's not a man or a woman thing. This is how we respect each other, and to be treated that way. And. The people that I that I look at, and I think about Allison Riley, who yeah. you know, like right now is a producer at Second City of of some kind. Like, I want her to fucking I, I don't again. I don't look at her as a male or a female. I look at her not just as a boss, but as somebody that can help me. Yeah. And when we start looking at it in a non-gender way, I think that. I think we all get more professional about it. To yeah. not look at somebody and go, you know, you you would look hot in that or maybe think about it later, you would look hot in that shirt. I, I just don't think those things. I, yeah. get, I get embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, I, when absolutely. I, so you grew up, in, you grew up in, 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 uh, in New York. Yeah. Right? So growing up in New York, in, when I grew up in Chicago, there were a bunch of guys that, that when you would drive a car, they would open the window and shout oh, out yeah. shit at women yes. in the window. Right. And I just fucking, that never was okay with me. No. It was never okay. And I never saw... Like what is what is your end game? She's gonna go. Oh yeah, you, you know, meet me over at the chocolate shop. I don't know what. What do you? So it's just abuse. It's just abuse. Just abuse. It's abuse, and and it is that it 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 is abuse. And what what stops happening in that moment is you stop being a human being. You stop being empathetic. You stop being sympathetic. You stop being connected in a way. And how do you live with yourself? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was yeah. That was never okay with me. My my mom is a, uh, you know. Uh, she's a, a feminist and and was it was during the '60s and Bella Abzug and you know she was very into that and was uh, into group encounter encounter groups and therapy and was you know a lot of uh, strong women. 
And so she raised me or tried to raise me respecting women. And, and if she, I didn't, if there was like I made some sort of comment, she, she would call me a little uh, male chauvinist piglet. Um, and so, you know, she just kind of, you know, kept me in check. And so, you know, just thinking like, you know, this woman, someone's mother, someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's wife or girlfriend. Or, right. You know, or someone's human. So it's human. You know, right. it's like, but, it, you know, just to think first, like, someone did this to your mother, you know, how would you feel? And then, then you can start, get to the, the base that it's a human being. It's another human being. Right. Right, you have I to have that realization that it's you know would, would somebody's you, mother. Would you want somebody shouting that at your mother? No. Would you want somebody shouting that at your sister or your daughter? Do you have a fucking daughter and you're opening the fucking window and shouting out something to somebody, yeah. or to just leer at somebody? I, I remember when I was a child, we were coming back from the Bronx and visiting my grandmother. I was maybe you know six or something like that, and we were on the subway and. We're sitting next to this group of guys, and they're being loud and pushing each other. It's like teenagers or something. So my mother, you know, picked me up and and you know led me to another seat. And so the guys were like, "Oh, you gotta gotta move." When they got off the train, we're sitting by the 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 train doors. While they were getting out, they pushed my mother's head and spat in her hair. And that it, it scarred me. So like, I can't to 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 do that. They didn't they didn't think this is would I want someone to do this to my mom or something like that. So like you can't right you can't do that. And the, and and there's also something like what what kind of a person does that? Yeah. And the what kind of person does that makes me think. What was it like for that person growing up? Right. And what were the role models for that person yeah, growing exactly. up? So it really is about, and this is really a hard thing for people, because you have to be vulnerable. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're a parent, as you know, you have to be vulnerable. What do I know? Um, I, was a, I, was a jo- I was a son once. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be open. You have to be honest. And, you, and you've got to lead by example. And I felt that I always felt that my folks led by example. My folks were really into the, the, the uh, into uh, civil rights and, and and protesting like that, and being aware and being mindful and being being um, informed. And I think that there's a lot of people that don't have that. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't excuse mm-hmm. them at all because no. he's also whoever fucking did that knows that he did that. Right. Well. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, this it's, you know, they were raised that way. They may raise their children that way. Just like, you know, uh, business in Hollywood, you know, these people, when they were coming up, they had bosses or they looked up the people who did that and they learned that they can do it. Then all of a sudden, it just, it, it stops. Something happens and then all of a sudden it goes from being okay or accepted or swept under the rug to no fucking way. No we're way. not doing this anymore. And then, so something has to happen, a major shift, a ma- like a, a major upset. Right. In order for a change to happen. Yeah. So, you know, this it's a wonderful thing. The backlash of it may be that people are accused without, you know, falsely. Right. You know, or um, or w- where's, where's there a line? You know, if, if two people are in, in an office... And there's some sort of an attraction, you know, to say, would you like to go out on a date or something like that? No, and that could, 
Is that okay, or where does that courting somebody and maybe you don't because we are human beings yes so you know that's a gray area now we have to figure out how that works <laughs> i guess right right but like there there may be like you know men who are like you know who are being falsely accused of of doing something probably not but we got to say that there were there there's there's a chance that that's happening because there are people not because they're women or or just because they're people, human nature, they they don't have money or they don't have enough money for what they think they need, and they're like, I'm I got a fucking payday coming, I'm going to do this, and they're going to pay me to be quiet, and that makes everyone else look who has a. Are you saying somebody that makes a settlement, somebody that has a settlement? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or someone uh-huh. you know, someone who's accusing someone. Got it. And then they're just trying to get. Got it. You know, like a blackmail thing. Right, a blackmail thing, or you know, uh, but that's making everyone else. All the women who were abused and, and raped makes question that because like well this one's lying are they all lying or someone who's not lying? how could they all be lying yeah right exactly how could they it's, it's not but like you know, who's lying who's not and it's it's that feeling of the 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 hashtag me too but it's also i believe her i believe her yeah. because at, because at first you're going gold digger you know, what we're saying is like, she's just got, trying to get money, blackmail right. or that sort of thing. But what if it were true? And it goes back to this. I think, you know, it, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. What if it goes back to this? What if it was your daughter? Right. Wouldn't you give her the fucking benefit of the doubt? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think probably 99% of the cases or of the accusers are absolutely, they have a case and like this fucking scumbag did that to you. But there may be, you know... There may there may be women out there or people out there saying you know this guy touched me inappropriately right and should not have and I'm gonna talk to the press about it and then they get paid that may happen and you know it's happening with, with men and women right you know so it, people it's, that it's we know just, too yeah like yeah. Uh, there's a woman uh, named uh, well first of all there's a woman that I was going out with in New York and she had a, a really lovely uh, like two bedroom apartment in Dumbo mm-hmm. you know uh, down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass um, <laughs> uh, right Dumbo I think so I think that's what it is um, but it's like I don't want anybody to think that she lived in the anus of a fictional flying elephant um, probably somebody mm. does live there so um, she had this place and I'm like how did you afford that she goes um, I sued my boss for sexual harassment and this is maybe seven eight years ago and I thought I wonder if that happened. I wonder if that really happened. And now I'm thinking, I bet that really happened. Yeah. I bet that fucking really, oh, really absolutely. happened. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. There's a woman that I had on the podcast, um, Tamara Holder, 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 who worked for, she was just in the news the other day. Um, again, she was, she worked on Hannity's show, uh, and she's a, I, she's a Democrat, she's a lawyer, she's an attractive woman, and she was essentially like, molested by somebody at Fox and uh, Rupert Murdoch just went yeah she's lying and it just came back up even though she got a three million dollar uh, settlement it was in New York Times and she's a friend of mine and I'm looking at it thinking I I believe you yeah. I want I fucking believe you it, you know because it's happening men are like that men do that and especially men in power right 
who feel that they are untouchable and they're needed and that, that no one's going to fire them because they, they're creating all this revenue. And so they're mm. entitled to do, you know, have a little ass grabbing here and there. And that, that right. Be- I'm entitled to it. Yeah. You know, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, seeing... it's a, but it's a, the the great thing. I mean, um, uh, it's awful that that this is happening to women, and these women have been abused and raped, and you know. But it's not going to be like that anymore, right? I mean, or, or the chances of it. Uh, you know, how are you? People seeing... are going to come out. Are going to be uh, braver to come out and say, you know, this has happened to me, or don't, hey, don't do that. That's not acceptable. And, you know, the precedent has been set that the, the buck stops here. Right. Kind of thing. I love that the precedent has been set. Sort of like the president has been set. Oh, shit. Right? Okay. Um, I don't usually stop on such a political note, but I'm going to stop there. Thank you so much. Thank you. That rocked. I will probably work until I don't want to work anymore. I love that positivity. Oh, way to go, Mr. Gomez. Thank you for stopping by. We'll hear Ian's Not My Finest Hour right after the announcements of my comings and goings. January 19th through the 21st, I'll be teaching three master classes at Improv Boston. February 21st through the 25th, I'll be on Maui teaching a week-long intensive with Maui Improv. We're in the planning stages for workshops in Sarasota, Orlando, Detroit, and Seattle over the next few months, so stay tuned. And as always, I acting, my online acting classes. Uh, if you live somewhere, chances are I'll be teaching their all-workshop information at davidrozowski.com. ADD Comedy with Dave Rozowski is produced by Laura Parker and me. Send questions and comments to dave at addcomedy.com. Here's Ian Gomez's Not My Finest Hour. And now, Ian Gomez's Not My Finest Hour. I was working on a show called Cougar Town, and uh, what would sometimes happen is uh, we would go to lunch we're in Culver City and a lot of bar restaurants over there. And uh, every once in a while, we would, uh, you know, have a few glasses of wine or beers or something like that. And uh, so it was kind of a light day after the, the lunch. So I, I got a little drunk, as one might. What we were doing before lunch was we're doing the scene where... Um, uh, this kid is at they're at a prom and these bullies are gonna pants him in front of his date, and I get wind of it, and in the last minute, like in slow motion, I push the kid out of the way and they pants me. So we had this whole rig where you know everything was you know um, safety pinned. My underwear was safety pinned to my pants or my to to my shirt, and there was like a extra. Uh, underwear underneath the boxers and all this other stuff. So we break for lunch. I go upstairs. I take all the pins off and I take the extra underwear off. And uh, No, I had the extra underwear on. We go to lunch. I get a little drunk. We come back and they go, oh, we need to do one more shot from this other angle. And we have this, um, uh, there's this uh, extra camera crew there and they're, they're doing a recording uh, bits and parts for this television show that has nothing to do with our show. But they, they have an, a camera, which is basically on the ground, pointed up at me. So the shot is, it they in slow motion, this kid pulls down my pants, and my, I'm standing there in my boxers. It's like, oh, no. But they have to do it in fast motion, of course. Regular so, motion. Regular motion, right. So um, they go, do you want to... 
you know, get the safety pins back in. No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So there are three cameras on me. Action, boom, everything comes down. And because they're shooting in regular motion, but it comes back in playback in slow motion. And luckily my friend was directing. I, it went down. I saw the look on people's faces. I pulled out my pants. I stood there for a second and I went, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk away. And I went to my dressing room and I sat there and I thought, okay, I could, I could do two things. I could leave and never come back. Or I could go downstairs and face it and take it like a champ. And that's what I did. I went downstairs. What I didn't know in that 20 minutes that I was having this, this dilemma, they were watching it over and over and over and over again. The cast, the crew, everyone. And then they went, okay, we got to erase all of this. But not until, I mean, they waited until they watched it 20 times. So I came back down and they... They made, you know, they gave me a little shit. Of course they had to. But uh, I was, I was, I was mortified. But then I got some compliments. Which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs>